Hi, this is Amy Impelizari, host of Top Hobby Writers Presents, I Know How This Book Ends, where we get the story behind the story and talk with the authors of the biggest books out this year. Welcome to season two. I am here with Swan Huntley. I am so thrilled. I have been a fan and a reader of Swan's for many years. She has a brand new book out. It's called Getting Clean with Stevie Green. Swan Huntley is uh, the author of prior acclaimed books as well. You could be beautiful in the goddesses. She earned her MFA at Columbia University and has received fellowships from McDowell and Yaddo. And she currently lives in Los Angeles. Welcome, Swan. Thank you so much, Amy. It's great to meet you. And congrats on season two. Thank you so much. Thanks for being part of it. I am really excited to, to meet you for the first time. I've been, as I said, a reader and a fan for a long time. I first discovered you, like so many others, uh, when your debut released in 2016, We Could Be Beautiful. And I, uh, I may be misgenring the book because I think of it as a psychological suspense. But I, I, when I look back at the reviews of that novel, I remembered that the New York Times called it strange and funny and engaging to the very end. It was a, a dark romance, a, um, a dark, uh, darkly funny, a satire for sure. Um, and so, um, Although my initial thought when I got uh, and was so excited to get an advanced copy of Getting Clean with Stevie Green, thinking that that was sort of a departure for you, because um, it's witty and quirky, maybe it's not as big a departure as, as, I, as I once thought, and I'd like to talk to you about that. Tell, tell us, let's back up a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your journey to publishing. What, what was your path that led to the release of We Could Be Beautiful? Oh, wow. Um... <laughs> okay. Yes, and I and I definitely want to a, get back. To, uh, a big question. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. God, how old was I when that came out? I mean, I guess I was like thirty three or thirty four. So what led? Uh, what happened in all those years? Um, a baby, think, by the way. You're a baby. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm fifty one this year, so that's nothing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. I I always wanted to be a writer. I mean, from a very young age, I thought, yeah. I want to write a book. I was really fixated on this desire to write a book. And actually, when I was in elementary school, I would try to convince, I remember trying to convince my best friend at the time to write a children's book. Um, yeah. It's just, it's funny how you could trace the line back and see yeah. the, the breadcrumbs. I, what was it about writing a book? Was it the act of writing a book or was it being read? that was interesting to you? Uh, I think it probably stemmed from an interest in writing itself. I mean, I, yeah. as a kid, I recorded everything. I, I wrote in my journal constantly. I started yes. keeping a journal when I was about nine mm -hmm. and I wrote, I wrote everything down. I, I, I would tape movie stubs in my journal. I, I mean, oh, I was I, a similar kind of kid. That was, oh, you yeah, were? I, yeah. Yeah. I relate. Yeah. I just, I guess I had some natural instinct to record things. Yes. Um, and I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, I guess that, that led to thinking I should write a book. Uh, the children's book, written, you know, when I was a child, obviously never materialized. 
I, (laughs) (laughs) um, I went on to study writing in undergrad and, uh, and then I eventually ended up at grad school during my undergrad years. Actually, I, I went through a pretty long period. I would say from, I don't know, the age of 19 to the age of 27, I thought I'm going to be a journalist. And it wasn't because that was true. It was because (laughs) I just thought that sounded like a less flimsy path. You know, I thought, yeah, I go to an office every day. Yeah. Very. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was, I don't know. I wanted approval from, from other people. I wanted them to say, Oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I don't know. Maybe I wanted approval from myself. Um, I just thought it sounded more stable. So I said that I ended up majoring in, in uh, creative writing in my undergrad only because they didn't have a journalism degree. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I took some internships, um, at newspapers while I was in college too. And I, I did not like it at all. It was like, you know, Greg crashed his car at 3 p.m. I just thought it was so boring to write about the facts. I was completely uninterested. And yet I almost applied to grad school for journalism. Like I was wow. midway through an application and I had this kind of light, white light moment where I thought, yeah, what am I doing? I don't want to do this at all. So yeah. I switched. I applied to creative writing programs and then I went to grad school. And then a couple of years after getting out of grad school, I, I published my first novel. Um, it, it was, that makes it sound like it was less of a bumpy path than it actually was. Yeah. I wrote drafts of two novels before writing We Could Be Beautiful. So, um, are those books still lingering around? On my computer only. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I kept getting the same feedback, which is, oh, these characters are so interesting, but nothing is happening. And <laughs> I think that's because I feel like, I mean, I could write an entire book about a woman sitting alone in a room mm-hmm. eat, eating a single cracker. I really could. Like, yeah, I'm interested- well, your books are very character-driven, of course, and you really get in the head of your character, and you you help us, help the reader get in the head of your character. So I could see that that, that becomes a big part of your writing process. Yeah, I'm fascinated by small details. Um, yeah. But after I kept getting that same feedback, I, I finally outlined. I was like, I need to create an outline. I need I need things to happen. I wrote that down. I was like, things need to happen. <laughs> and then I angrily wrote, we could be beautiful, um, which. Uh, <laughs> I angrily wrote. I love that. I'm, that's a, That's a beautiful description for so much of our writing process. <laughs> Right. I really was pissed. I was like, this one has got to, I I can't keep writing novels and have them be on my computer only. Right. Um, Right. Right. And it's interesting that you bring up the stuff about, uh, you know, we could be beautiful being a character study and a psychological thriller and having elements of satire. I think it's all those things. And I, uh, understand why you'd be confused about what to call it because I think, yeah, the New York times review makes it sound like one thing. And then, and yeah. then a lot of the other reviews make it sound like a psychological thriller. I mean, I think it literally says that. It was like part of the marketing. This yeah. is a psychological thriller, which I actually didn't realize until I saw that, like until the book came out and somebody yeah. start people were calling it that. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So I think there's yeah. a marketing part of this, you know? Sure, um, of course. Because it was coming out 
Well, I guess it's a, it came out a couple of years after, like, you, but it came out, you know, around the sort of, like, last Mrs. Parrish and, and, and in that kind of time frame where those kind of books were, um, you know, trending and were doing really well. And, uh, and yet this book was different. This book was really different and it was really unique. And, um, and so, and so... Well, tell us a little bit about the background for We Could Be Beautiful. You, you angrily wrote it. Mm-hmm. It, became a, it became a book that you wanted published. But what was the, was there an inspiration behind this, that character, that story? Right before I started angrily writing this book, I <laughs> had been working as a nanny in Soho. Uh-huh. Um, Say and no more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the main character uh, of of We Could Be Beautiful, Catherine West, is loosely, very loosely, I mean, based on based on this woman who I work for. It really, it's really not her, but but it, it does. Uh, but it is. Just it. Well, it describes the <laughs> slice of life that that woman yes. and that family yes, yes. was living in. You know, which is kind, yes. of, kind of upper crust mm-hmm. Manhattan rarefied yes. existence. Yeah. Um, I was also living in a hippie commune in Brooklyn at the time, and so that wow. makes an appearance in the book. Uh, That's ba- so fabulous. Basically, I quit the job. I sublet my place, my room in that place, and then I went to a residency and started angrily writing, and I wrote it pretty quickly. And so then tell us about the journey to getting clean with Stevie Green. Would you call that a departure from your earlier novels? You know, I... I can, I, I think yes and no. Um, I mean, yes, and that this is structured, I mean, basically it's a romantic comedy. The others yeah. are structured as psychological thrillers. If you just look at the plot arc, you know, that's what, that's what it is. Um, Give us the elevator pitch for, for Stevie Green so people know um, what we're talking about. A newly sober decluttering guru is forced to face her own messy truth. Perfect. I love it. Right. And it's kind of, it's kind of quirky and she's talking right to the reader, right through the page. Um, and she's, um, you know, got a lot going on. We don't know. I love, I love, you know, she's sort of moved back home to help her mother, uh, declutter and move out. Right. And so then she starts this decluttering business and, um, she's just having a lot of personal questions, questioning her sexuality, questioning whether she's drinks too much, questioning whether, what her next chapter should be. And, um, and what, what, so what leads to this book? This book, unlike the others is a lot more closely based on my own experience. It's set in my hometown, Mm. uh, of, of La Jolla, California, yeah, um, I would say an ongoing theme uh, of my books, if we just look at the setting, so like upper crust Manhattan, Hawaii, paradise, yeah. Hawaii, and yeah. La Jolla, which is a very beautiful place too. It, I, I'm seem to be consistently interested in the dark things that are happening in beautiful places. Yes, um, yes, and I, I mean, my own experience of growing up in this place was that it was sometimes disorienting when I felt unhappy to 
to believe my own feelings, especially as a teenager. The central drama of this book is, you know, Stevie is trying to find out what really happened in high school. There's a scandal mm-hmm. that happened. So as I wrote it, I was transported back to my high school years. And I just remember looking around all the time and thinking it's 75 degrees. It's gorgeous. I should be fine. Right. Like yeah. I shouldn't I be fine. <laughs> I, be I, mean, fine. I think that's right. probably what most of us are doing most of the time. Right. Right. But what people might not understand, and I had this question as I was reading this book and absolutely loving it, but I was thinking about, you know, sort of clearly nobody is going to be marketing this book as a psychological suspense or a psychological thriller. They couldn't do that, right? So it was, but it's, that's a big deal to change proverbial lanes in uh, in mid-career and I thought what courage that must be and it must have required for you and I, I couldn't help but wonder did you get any pushback from editors or agents about making such a departure oh interesting you know I really I mean the story here is that between the goddesses and this book I wrote a different novel oh. and It just, I mean, the quickest way to explain that is that it did not end up being a successful novel. Um, It was too quirky. I I think it it didn't fit with my brand, quote unquote. So with that book, I really was coming up against the branding issue. Yes. Uh, The protagonist of that book was a 66-year-old man who was kind of lecherous. And this was right as all the Me Too movement stuff was happening. And it just wasn't working. Okay because of the atmosphere, et cetera. So I finally, after a long time uh, rewriting that book and trying to make it work, just put it away and started, started this new thing. Um, okay. And I guess I didn't even have it in my head, like, oh, I have to write another psychological thriller, because that had never been in my head when I began the first two books. You know, I kind of see the marketing yeah, yeah. stuff as just totally beyond my control. Um, yeah. This book I- has a different publisher, it's probably worth noting that too. Yeah. Yeah. I um, noticed that. And I think that's, that's, you know, that is important to note, but I also thought, um, it's when you, when I hear you describe your books, all of a sudden they do sound like they're all, uh, they, they, they are threaded. They are linked in a way that, um, uh, certainly when you read this book, you know, it's your book, right? Because I do love the description, you know, finding dark, finding the dark in beautiful places. And that's sort of certainly what you're doing here too. Yeah. At this point, I'm kind of just have realized like, oh, I'm just writing the same book over and over. That's what's happening. No, There's... <laughs> I, would not, I would not say that's what you're doing, but what you are doing is inspiring a people to not get caught up in the marketing, not get caught up in the branding and write the book you want to write, right? Write the book you're supposed to write and not try to figure out how is this book going to be marketed when all is said and done, which I think is a very incredible thing that you've done. Oh, thanks. I mean, yeah, writing a book is hard enough. So trying to think about the back end of it, which you have no control over at all, is just a waste of time, really. But I have heard a lot of people say, a lot of writers say that they get a lot of pressure from agents and editors to, to do that, to, to literally write the same book over and over again. And I've heard a lot of frustration on that end. So it's wonderful. So obviously you've had some, um, 
you know, supportive people in your corner and then also the courage to kind of step out and say, I want to make sure I want, I'm writing the book I want to write. Yeah. Is that I true? Mean, uh, I just write the book that comes to me. I try not to be too analytical about it. I yeah. find that that just gets me in trouble if I start like picking it apart. <laughs> I just, I just kind of think, what do, what do I want to write about for 300 pages? Like what's going right. to sustain my interest? And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people in their first novel are telling a story that's more autobiographical. Yeah. And that's for whatever true. reason, it's for me, it's the third one. I mean, I like Stevie, I'm an alcoholic. I like Stevie, I'm gay. And it took me a long time to realize that. I think another commonality between all my books is that it's always a woman in denial talking to you in the first person. So there's yes. kind of element of seeing around the unreliable narrator to what is actually true. And uh, you know, an investigation of how these narrators are lying to themselves, which I have a lot of expertise in that area. Yes. Yes. That's so interesting. That's also a thread in all your books. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So because this is called, I know how this book ends. We always talk completely spoiler free about the ending of the books. And I love the end of this book. It, it, it has, um, uh, I mean, an, an, a beautiful end section right all, all the way up until like the final page and final line. Was that always the way this book was going to end? It was, yes. Yeah. Um, Did you start with the ending? Is that how you write your books in general? You know, after writing the first two books and having nothing happen, I do outline <laughs> all of my books now. Uh yes. I actually had this professor during like a one week workshop. Her name is Ann Hood. And she, she like passed out this, she called it the novel template. And it was like, she said, in order to write a novel, you have to be able to answer all the questions in this template. And it was like, what is the time span of your novel? You know, a lot of people don't think about that at the outset. Like what is the amount of time we're dealing with here? Um, Who are the characters and what is the basic plot? Like, so I, when I first saw this, template I scoffed and I thought I am so above this and now (laughs) I'm still filling out Anne Hood's template for like every book that I do and I thanked her I actually just thanked her and said like by the way you changed my life with that handout thank you um so yes I always know what the end is going to be that is fabulous oh that's so awesome can you give us a little sneak peek about what you're working on now I can. I am working on something that is definitely a psychological thriller. Uh, Look at that. I know. A lesbian psychological thriller. It may be your actually first. (laughs) I think it's the first one that I have intended, intentionally written as a psychological thriller. Okay. Um, I recently wrote the memoirs of a uh, reality TV star. This is my, one of my side gigs is ghostwriting. Oh, and okay. at a oh, certain point, fabulous. well, <laughs> sometimes, um, <laughs> at a certain point I was invited to go to this person's grand estate. And I, I thought, Oh, that's such a good setup. So, uh, so that is the setup for, for the novel that I'm currently working on. A ghostwriter goes to the grand estate of a client uh, where things turn dangerous. Oh, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. So, so the ghost writing has been something you've been doing all along, all parallel to the novel career. No, not really. Just for the last like 
two years, I would say I'm, I'm haven't written a ton of books. Right. And when you ghostwrite, do you work on the project from beginning to end or do you assist at some portion of the, of the publication? Um, so far, I mean, every project is different. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it just depends on what people need. Um, with the one that I just mentioned, I worked on it from the beginning to the end. Okay. That's super fun. Do we have a projected, um, timeline projection, a publication timeline for that book? We do not yet. I'm in the process of fixing it up. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, we will be very anxious to see what happens there. Swan, you, I'm very excited about this book. Getting Clean with Stevie Green is out January 25th. Oh, sorry. I have to, I got to correct you. Because of of COVID, um, it's actually now going to be February 1st. And and I'm doing some events that are all virtual now. Oh, okay. Great. Okay. So how, tell everyone what's the best way to find you and find the schedule of events. You can go to my website. It's just my name, swanhuntley.com. And the events are right at the top of the page. I also, on the side, make greeting cards, which appear toward the bottom of my website if you scroll down. No, wait a minute. (laughs) I missed missed that. You make greeting cards. I make greeting cards. I've started um, a couple years ago, actually right when I started Stevie Green, I went to Yada, this art residency, and I was avoiding writing. And so I started doodling instead, which has kind of become like this tangential illustration side hustle thing. So my Instagram is full of illustrations, and I also have a couple of illustrations that are going to be published uh, soon. So I'm excited about that. Well, maybe you will have a full circle moment where you will circle back to illustrating your own children's book and then you bring <laughs> right. this whole thing back to the beginning. <laughs> oh my God. Wouldn't that be so beautiful? That's going to be yes. my new goal, Amy. Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I want to manifest that for you. Absolutely. <laughs> you have, you are, um, a woman of many surprises. I love all of the creative projects that you're working on and that you've shared with us. Thank you so much. I'm going to be rooting very hard for this book and we'll shout loudly about it. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you on your virtual tour. Thank you so much, Swan. Oh my gosh, you too. So great to meet you. Great to meet you too. (laughs) Thank you everyone. And look for Swan Huntley. Um, Getting green with Stevie. I'm sorry, getting clean with Stevie green out February 1st. And if you like this episode, please make sure and um, rate it, review it. And you can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much. Bye.